We got a great episode today of the Sevens Club. Lee Trundle joins us. He's really just a soccer monster of a human is kind of the best way to put it. Large in personality, large in physical presence, played with Wrexham, the Wrexham Red Dragons at TST. Jeff, I had a good time talking to Lee. I don't, I don't know about you, though. Uh, it, w- it was brilliant. The only, the only thing was the audio of him going in and out. His scouts are an accent um, to all the Liverpool fans out there. No offense, but um, yeah, it was it was super entertaining. He's uh, got a lot of charisma, and um, it was a, an exciting, exciting conversation. Absolutely. He's all about Wrexham and TST, but if you listen to the end of the interview, he talks about the Swans. Maybe switching sides, depending on you know how things shake out with what teams are in TST 2024, a lot to happen in that regards in the coming months. Let's get to our interview with Lee right now. Joining us now in the Sevens Club, played for Wrexham at TST last year, Lee Trundle, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Pleasure, my man. You were on a short list of guests that we absolutely had to get on as soon as possible because of the way you captivated the audience at TST last year with Wrexham. I want to start there. You, you come to America, you're part of the Wrexham team. What was your experience like at TST last year? Oh, it it was unbelievable. I think first and foremost, the way they set the um, the tournament up, you know, everything was brilliant. And I I know it was the first time that they had it. So usually you will have a few, you know, setbacks, but everything what they done in the tournament was brilliant. You know, the coverage that they had on the TV, the, the quality of the pitches, you know, the fans, the way it was set up the tournament was brilliant. And I really enjoyed playing in it. And I was I was surprised at the quality that was in it as well. You know, when I first come, I thought it was going to be a bit of a, you know, like a few older players, younger players mixed in. But, you know, the quality of the teams that were there, you know, was very good. Yeah, the standard was the standard was surprisingly like it was like you didn't really know what to expect, and I would say like the biggest adjustment for for through my experience was dealing with the futsal guys and the indoor guys because it was it was completely different where we weren't changing they're subbing and we're like wait there's four more guys oh wait they're changing again it's like and at one point we, we were just sat there for like 15 minutes we didn't we didn't even change do a sub and we're like all right we're breathing on our asses here. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta make a song. Like you know, with the, you know, you say football and you think like eleven aside, five aside, seven aside, it's all the same. But you know, it's completely different on like your formations that you play, where yeah. you, your goalkeeper is that extra player coming out as well. And what you say, Jeff, where they were making the subs as well. Sometimes they were making a run down the line as though they I were. Know. Like, <laughs> else? Yeah. Take them in. So it was it was getting used to it, but like it was great to watch, you know, to see how you know the formations and how how, how tactical it was as well in the seven aside. I'd probably say the seven aside is probably more tactical because you can't get away with leaving a man or you yeah. know in eleven times you can go two players on one man and try and you know um, smother players like that. But in this, because it's so fast and the movements, you know, you've you've got to stay one on one really. So it was I was um, really impressed with the standard. Well, I mean, you were dropping, you were dropping goals in there for sure, man. Target four, boom. Yeah, I think the concept of it as well. At the start, we were thinking, oh, you know, 
why, why would you do that if you're five nil up and then but it keeps the game always yeah, 100%. in. So then, what happens then if you've got the with the games? No one then wastes time. So you've got yeah. to always put and try and go and score goals because you know we went in against Como two nil down into added time and won three two. Yeah. So you know, I think for the fans watching, that's great entertainment. But for the players involved as well, you know that you've always got that chance to carry on. So games never died out. Yeah, and that's the hardest part of being like on the other side. You're like, oh, I'm up one nil, like. Sweet. Oh, we got target time. And I'm like, you don't really want to give yourself a little bit of space to like, all right, I'm not going to make that run. I got to be a little bit safe because you don't want to expose yourself. And then all of a sudden they go one, one. You're like, oh, then it's shit. Anybody's game now. So, I mean, it's pure entertainment. And, and that was, it was just awesome, man. It was, it was really incredible. Brilliant. And I think when you were going into targets and leading, you were the one that were more worried because you yeah. think, well, game start worrying more than where you should think listen we're in the lead let's just relax yeah you you worry more but it was great entertainment to to play so something that was a little different for you you were at wrexham in 2001 to 2003 but you weren't a part of wrexham under this crazy american spell that wrexham is under right now and you got to see it firsthand with the fans really coming out and supporting what what was it like for you to see those Wrexham fans in America supporting you oh it, it was unbelievable I think if you put it into perspective I think the year that we got promoted to League One with Wrexham that was the one just below the premiership you know, the two strikers, me and Andy Morell, both went on free contracts. So the club didn't renew our contracts. And you think, you know, you've just been promoted way now. You know, the way the, the boys are doing it, Ryan and Rob, you know, the fans that they've got, the fan base. And I think the way they use their social media as well is, is excellent. But you don't, you don't only, only do that. They get involved with the football club and you yeah. can tell that. You know, you can tell that there's love there. You can tell there's passion there. And that then goes on to the players. That goes on to the fans. And going into the tournament, you know, we'd look around and most of the stadium was all red, supporting Wrexham. And you think it's yes, right. Like you got West Ham, you got Wolves, you know, big Premier League sides, and then you've got little old Wrexham, and you've got most of the fans there. So it was it was unbelievable to see, and it's great for the football club to see them come on and be back in the professional league. But and and it's and it's good because for it over here that the Netflix series and all that like it gave the average American or maybe just a non-football fan, soccer fan, something to kind of be a part of or like, oh, I can get behind that. Oh, that's a really, really interesting story. And now all of a sudden they're Wrexham fans and like they're following the teams. And like that's what developing football and the culture in this country, it's it's going to get there, obviously. We're not there yet, but I mean, my time over in the U.K., it was incredible from you're playing non-league teams to Premier League clubs. You got fans there and they're, they're passionate and that's their, they support their teams. And it's, and it's, it's amazing to see how the effect that Wrexham has over here already. And it's just going to continue to grow and grow because I have no doubt they're going to do another season, another season, another season, because it's the inside stuff. Well, I think it's great because, you know, in any sport, everyone loves the underdog. So you love that lower team. And, you know, probably calling Wrexham the underdog, 
when they were in the National League is probably wrong because of, you know, the the financial um, ability that they had. They had a lot more than than any other club in that league. But still, you know, you look at a club that's had the, the history that Wrexham have had, you know, going back into being a professional club all that time, you know, beating Arsenal in the FA Cup and then dropping out of the league. You know, yeah. it's a sort of comeback where everyone loves when you're watching it. You you want them to do well. You want them to win. You want them to achieve that. And, you know, it was brilliant that last season that they done it. And it's fair play to everyone who's involved in the club. Absolutely. Another thing that was unique because you had you had a unique aspect for you where you're playing in America. And then it's unique because it's seven on seven. And then it's unique because you got the Wrexham fans watching you. And then we're going to throw Lee Trundle one more wrinkle. You're going to play a women's team in a real game, real refs with money on the line. Jeff, you, you'll probably be able to speak to this too, but Lee, what, what was that mindset for you in that game? Like, and you know, you had Heather O'Reilly before the game saying, we're going to beat your, your Wrexham team to Ryan Reynolds. And I know you were laughing and smiling as you are now, but what was that experience like? You know, for me, I, I approach that in the same as I approached any other game because it's a tournament. They're in your, they're in your group, so you've got to go out and, and you. I think the, you know, speaking to a couple of the ladies after it, you know, they said thanks for carrying on and playing properly. Where you know you could have got in the lead by a couple of goals and then you could have started doing stuff what you wouldn't do in normal games or yeah. messing about. You know, we kept it professional and kept on playing and kept on. You know, playing to our ability. You know, the scoreline obviously was the was a big scoreline in it. But I think if you're going to go into the tournaments, you've just got to take it as in, go and play the game and and go to win it. And you know, respect to the girls, especially the goalkeeper. She made some amazing saves. She kept them like in the game at, at um, good periods of it. But you know, obviously, we 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 just grew through a bit stronger and managed to to come away with a really good win. I mean, at the end of the day, you're there to win the tournament, so. It's like the same, and it's it's interesting. Like her, I would say Heather O'Reilly and the girls team. Like their mindset was probably the same thing. They wanted to win the game and go in. Obviously, it's a it's a bigger feat. It's an adjustment for them, but just like any professional, or they have that competition ingrained in themselves, and they're like, I want to win this game, and that's the same thing with you lads, and the same with with our team. And it's just that, it, it, obviously, it's different, you know, and. Um, maybe you're not going to go in as hard as a two foot tackle, but you know, you got to be a little bit more conscious, but no, I mean, like, um, it was, it was definitely fun, entertaining to see, uh, you and Heather O'Reilly talk, talk some trash before the match. So, um, yeah. It was good. Yeah. And even on like, obviously when I play, I probably am a lot more physical than, and so side of the game against the, the ladies team, I, I did tone that down because yeah you had to hold back a little bit <laughs> yeah but on football wise and play chances to score and stuff everything else is exactly the same yeah and i think it just shows you the, the different you know the the levels essentially between the men and the and the women like there's no different they have some really really good players just i mean the pace a little bit the athleticism the intensities um a bit different from the male to the female game, you know? So I'd say that would be the di- different thing, but cause there was girls that were really good players are playing on men's teams and they were, they were balling. So it's just, just different uh, speeds really. 
definitely so, I do think because like ability wise and everything what the, the ladies have got and technical and technique they, they were very good as you say it's just that little bit of speed and that power what, what makes the difference yeah my my last TST question for you is I mean when you look at your career history you have a lot of teams that you've played with and a lot of teams that you've been affiliated with and now you're an ambassador how how was how did Wrexham reach out to you what relationship do you have with that team that you were you know not just on the short list of players that they reached out to for TST but you were kind of you know the focal point of the attack for for that Wrexham Red Dragons team so what was that reach out to you like and and were you excited when you first heard that you had that opportunity yeah, I was I was very excited. You know, obviously, um, Wrexham was my first professional club, so that's where I started in the professional game with Wrexham. So um, my strike partner at the time, Andy Morell, he works a lot with Wrexham TV, does a lot of things. And then um, the manager asked him, was would you think of any players who could come along? And um, Andy then said my name. So then we got in touch and and we we sorted out. But as soon as he asked me to do it, you know, hundred percent, I I wanted to go and play. You know, even apart from you know, Wrexham was the, the team that gave me my chance in professional football and that was my start off. I think everything what's around the club now, the the excitement and, the, you know, when the boys have come in and what they're doing to transform the club back again. You know, I think everything was um, was perfect. I'd watched the, the documentary myself as well and, and enjoyed it. So I was um, looking forward to going and represent Wrexham once more. But to be honest, man, kudos to Wrexham for uh, recognising that, you know, who you are and what you're a part of essentially, you know, we're given your first opportunity to play your first, you know, as a, as a youngin, you know, and going in the professional ranks. And then obviously years later, seeing your, you know, Hey, you want to come back to the club and be a spokesperson. And it just shows you that, you know, that people do have vision and um, care. You wear the badge and you're part of that history in that club and um, you have a place. So, kudos to them man because i think you did a fantastic job and i mean shit you were all over tst stuff and uh wreck some but no dude it was it was awesome to see because we were we were getting ready to warm up and then all of a sudden you walk out and wreck some planet like like you said the entire place was full of red jerseys and it's just incredible because it felt like actual real match i mean like the intensity and just tackles being thrown it was like hey you're playing for something and it was just like pure enjoyment but it was fun, man. It was. And I know it's fun, but you know what it's like, Jeff. Once you get out on that pitch, you want to win, don't you? you oh. know, it's a tournament, it is a bit more light-hearted, but once you're there on that pitch, it's hard to Yeah, you can't. It's like you are you go right into that zone, and like you know, people listening and stuff like that, it's really hard. When you're in gray, like it's ingrained in you to compete every single day you do it prefer you know professionally for 20 years but then you look at like your youth years you just it's competition you just want to win you want to like play and you want to get the best of your buddy but it's like when you step on that pitch it's like all right we're, we're going to business it's business time so i love it man it's it, it you know what it does it keeps us young keeps us going definitely does and, and that's why you know i still play myself now only at a semi-professional level but I still love playing because it gives me that buzz and I still work my week round to my match day on a weekend you know <laughs> I still ever wake up Monday morning do yeah. what I'm going to eat getting ready for the weekend and I'll 
it's it's so crazy because like the transition of me just retiring this this year i have to keep the same structure in the schedule in my in my head because it's what i've known so if i don't do it i go like i feel just blah i'm like i feel useless you know like i don't have the energy about me and i'm like all right now my english accent's coming out a little bit because I'm talking to a Brit. So, and I'm part English now because I got my citizenship. So cheers for that. Um, but uh no, man, it's 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 uh it's it's pretty cool, man. Lee, so you you mentioned you're still playing, you're an ambassador. Can you talk a little bit about the two endeavors that you're currently doing, both playing and you know, being a, a club ambassador and how that's going? Yeah, so uh, I've been club ambassador since 2013. So a lot of my time will be going out into the schools, going out to different charity events, um, anything in the, community, in the community that needs a bit of help or that needs a bit of awareness raising. I'll go along on that. And on match days, I'll wake up in the lounges and speak before the game at every home game. And then I'll still play as well. We find a lot of our games can be played on a Friday night. So I can play on Friday and then still work on a Saturday for the Swans, but you know, I, I love playing. You know, I'm 47 now. In my head, I, I want to try and go till I'm 50 at the, at, the, at the level I am. Whether I will, I don't know. You know, I'll just see how my body holds up. But then also on a Sunday, I will play for the over 40s and the over. I love 40s. it, man. Keeps, yeah, so keeps I, you going. Well, as, as you say, Jeff, it's like it's all you've ever done. So it's, you know, yeah. it's hard to once you stop, then what, what, do, you, what do you do then? Um, I think when I do stop, I will look into the more on the coaching side and try and get that. Because, you know, when football's been my life, I want to still be involved in that buzz because there's yeah. nothing better than what level you're playing at. You know, when you're in that change and you come in and you've all worked hard to win the game, you know, there's nothing there's nothing better than that. And, you know, that's what, um, that's what I live for. That, and you know what? That's the one thing I would say was, like, amazing because some of the lads, like Stephen... Stephen Ireland and some of the guys that, you know, know coming from the, the UK and just us spending time, obviously we shared Jesser room for, you know, six, seven years with each other. And it's just that banter, you know, for me, it was more like the English banter. I missed the dry sense of humor is straight to it, like cutthroat. And I love it. Cause it's like, you know, I get it here with Breck and here and there, like with your mates, but like, it's nothing, it's nothing like it, you know? And, and it's really hard to explain. Cause I don't think um, the Americans or like the, they, they understand like that, that banter, but I think, you know, obviously the Wrexham documentary, right? Like that, that shows a different side to football. Like there's, or the, what's the TV show that everybody talks about? Um, Ted Lasso. Yeah. Ted Lasso. Like they're yeah. like, is that, is that really how it is? I'm like, yeah, I lived that shit. You know, like yeah. that's actually true. Yeah. Um, and it's it is just it's really it's it's just fun, man. And it like those are the things you miss, just the the one off comments, and you're like, all right, you muppet. You know, like yeah. it's it's good fun, man. And I miss that. And that was and that was the one of the coolest parts. You walk on the pitch, and you're like just having having a good time. You know, yeah. but. How do you know? You know Joe, um, Joe Allen. Yeah, no, Joe very well um, at Swansea at the moment. Yeah. But when I that Swansea Joe come up as a young lad, young so first team when he was young, but straight away you could tell that he was he yeah, was great go. ability. 
and more of the the older pros. He'd be passing balls into them hard, and if they had a bad touch, he'd be saying, "Get hold of it." And and it's like, yeah, as, like oh, we like this. That's yeah. What he's like. a good. He's a good lad too. He's a good yeah. lad. I play with a few guys, uh, Angel, um, yeah. and then um, Wilfred Boney. Yeah. yeah. With Angel, um, last week in the charity game, um, I haven't seen Wilfred for a while, but um, both of them are still looking fit, and um, yeah. Angel played really well. But I'm sure he's he's still running in, in his place in Mar is it Marbella, Mallorca, or whatever. He's got his place, so. Um, yeah, he's a good dude, man. It's and it's you know it's awesome to see everybody keeps playing. It's the best part about it. Yeah, very good. Lee, my last question for you. I know Jeff may have another one or two. My favorite Lee Trundle video that I've ever seen is the penalty kick, where you put the ball down and you kick it. You know, while you're setting the ball down, how many how many times have you done that? Is that something you came up with, or is that something you saw someone else do? So um, a player called Paul Gascoigne, he he used to do it, but he never done it as a penalty. He'd do it where he was pretending to pick the ball up and he'd kick it away each time. So he'd like go and bend down and he'd kick it away and he'd kick yeah. it away. I sort of like, well, if you can if you can do that, I, I think you can do a penalty. So I, I used to practice. I wouldn't try it in a, a real, real game. But if you miss... <laughs> You're getting loads of stick. <laughs> But it was sort of, I just it was a it was in a, a charity game. So then I just thought I'd, I'd try it. I think I'd already scored six goals as well. So if I would have missed it, it wouldn't have been too bad. It was then the last kick of the game. So I thought I'd try it, and um, luckily it went in. And then there was some guy filming it from behind, and then it just went viral after that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that, that I mean, was... it takes balls to do that, right? <laughs> I, I think the way I played anyway, I would always try and do different things. I enjoy playing football that way. I enjoy playing on the edge where if I made a mistake, I wouldn't let it bother me. I'd just go and try and get the ball again and, and make something happen. So that was something always in my mind where, you know, I, I didn't I didn't fear losing the ball or giving it away. And I think it helped with the fans who was supporting me because they would always give me that chance. If I did lose the ball, they would still clap. Yeah. So, well, I can go and get it. If they were the booed, you know, maybe I wouldn't have tried that tried it again. But they were always behind me, and I felt whatever I'd done, if it come off or not, they'd always give me that chance to go and. I got I got a question for you to follow up on that with like your mindset and like how you grew up. What? How did you grow up falling in love with football? Like, what was your your journey like? Your did your your father and mom take you to a football match and? You know, you go to Wrexham and support them. Like, what was that kind of uh, journey, essentially? So, mine would have been Liverpool and Everton, who we would have went and watched. And mine would have been, especially when I was growing up, we had the two best teams in, in British football, really. You know, it was always them two who was challenging to win the league. It was Liverpool or, and Everton first or second and in the cup finals and stuff. So, that's what got, it, got me into it. Where I was from in Liverpool, um, you know, it wasn't a... It wasn't an area where there was a lot of money, so if we had our football and the field, that's all we could. That's all we done. We'd go over and we'd just play all day, and that that was probably you know the hours and hours that I would have put in without knowing, because back then I, I, it wasn't academies like it is every single day where people would go. Yeah. Um, I, I would just be over the field 
all the time and just and just playing football. So that was my background. I I was very late in and professional as well. I didn't turn professional till I was twenty four. So my I, I played in the, the semi professional system in like the conference. So the the league Wrexham was in last year. Yeah. I played in that and and all the other leagues. I moved to the League of Wales, and then that's when Wrexham spotted me. They asked me to come training, but our chairman said, "Well, can we play a game against you so we can earn a bit of money on the gate, and then you, you, Lee can go training with you on Thursday?" And then I think in the in that game, I scored a hat trick against their first team. So I went and trained with them. And when I went into training, it wasn't like when I've been on trial before because I think the lads seen what I could do, and there was that little bit of respect there, and they. They, in and you've kind of like passed the rite of passage essentially like oh you're you're okay you've passed our test yeah <laughs> i got another one here's another one and but i think because they'd seen me play they sort of brought me into the into the you know lads group a little bit more and played a game for the reserves on the monday scored two and then he signed me down on the on the wednesday and then that was where my journey started in professional football that's that's so funny because I had to do go through like the same kind of like you have to earn their respect and so when I go to Stoke I'm I end up joining up with Stoke in like preseason in America so I couldn't play in any of the preseason game until like our last one we played Wolfsburg in Germany so I'm training every single day and I just have to I can't play in the preseason games. So we get to like the last one right before they kick off the season and they're like, Oh, you're allowed to play this game. So like all the eyes were on me and they were like, okay, now it's your turn to perform. And I was like, shit. And I, I had a really good game. And then after that, all the lads were like talking to me and they were like, Oh, right, you're, you're good. Like, you're all right. We'll talk to you now. And I was like, all right, sweet. Appreciate it. <laughs> like, thanks i'm good now and the guys were all like super like welcoming and they were like started to talk to me and like gauge me a little bit more They're like yeah you're all right you're not this typical yank you know <laughs> um but no it was, it's just, it's it's a really crazy feeling because it's it is that acceptance it's like all right you can deal with this it is and i think because you know especially at a club like stoke where you know at that level with they would have people coming all the time so it's yeah. like Bayer Belter players coming in where you might see them for three days then they're gone someone yeah. else so I think then once they've seen you play and they've, they realise you're a good player it's like oh well he's here to stay Do you know yeah what I mean? he's not going anywhere <laughs> what's your best part Christmas do or end of season do um, I would have to say end of season do because we would always go away on holiday then so the Christmas do is only usually one or two nights. We yeah. just still enjoy. We'd always do fancy dress. Oh, so that, yeah. that's a good end of the season do. I like that because you know you you go away for probably four days together, so you'd have a you'd have a better time. And good better. Done as well. <laughs> well, Lee, before we get you out of here, is there anything else that you know you want? the TST world, the sevens club world to know about you, your, your football life, anything like that. And is it safe to say, you know, if, if Wrexham's back in TST, you will be there as well. Yeah. Well, there's a, a bit of news where sponsor get interested as well. Now. Ooh, this could be a big turning point here. Can't play for two sides. The big thing where you've got me, me two clubs, um, 
Wrexham and Swansea. So Swansea have have been. I know there's been talks where they've spoke about coming. So if if Swansea were to come to the tournament as well, that would be excellent. And we would obviously be bringing some um, new players to it as well. And and I've spoke very highly of it. Said how great the tournament was run, how brilliant it was, an experience. So you know, fingers crossed, we so might be seeing too well. So one half for Wrexham, one half for Swansea. Right, I just I like the first time it's ever happened. Like, here you go. He's on. He's on Wrexham. Scores two. Goes to Swansea. Scores two. Game's tied. Who are you gonna go with? Who, who team are you gonna go with? It's whoever offers him more of the million. Whoever yeah, offers yeah, yeah. him a higher percentage. Higher percentage. Yeah. Wrexham was obviously where I started off. I had great times there, but with my connection at Swansea and the way I am, I'm I'm a I'm a jack. So. He's dangling the carrot right here. <laughs> well, Lee, this was this was great. We we appreciate you stopping by, Jeff. Anything else? No, nah, man. It's pleasure pleasure talking to you, man, and and uh, looking forward to meeting in person, mate. Yes, yeah, thank you, mate. Nice speaking to you. Talk soon.